0: All right, back at it with the Stock Stack Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Skiffington. The Boston Red Sox this offseason have not done a lot in terms of reinforcing their uh, pitching department. And today we are joined by Mr. Brendan Salucci, a pitcher in the Boston Red Sox system. Brendan, how you doing today, man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. I really appreciate it. It's nice to see you again. And uh, yeah, let's let's get going. Good to see you again as well. So, Brennan, we actually started talking.
0: The audience probably doesn't know a lot about this. We, I first interviewed you in 2020 during COVID, um, and I think you were about 21 years old at the time. I was around the same age. And I, and then I talked to you again this year in Portland in May. Mm-hmm. Yep. And from that time in 2020 to this year, uh, this past year in Portland, you had the same type of poise that you did when I talked to you in 2023 years later where does that come from? Because for such a young man, you really seem to have, I mean, we're the same age, but for Mm -hmm. such a young man, you really seem to have like a strong head on your shoulders.
1: I mean, honestly, I think it's just, um, I had uh, a lot of like times in my life where I've gone through trials and tribulations and it helped me mature a lot. Um, Not from a sense of like just a day to day life because I'm a goofy guy but I mean in a sense of understanding what all of this is about I mean at the end of the day like I feel like baseball is so important to me it's it's been everything uh my entire life but at the same time, like I have other passions and stuff like that too. And, uh, one of them is just, uh, having a greater understanding for like everything everybody's going through. I really like being the, able to be the person that, uh, people can come to like when it when they need to vent about something or like help people with their problems and stuff like that and talk to people. And, uh, I think just the experience of, of doing that and appreciating that has really gotten me to a point where I'm able to, um, Hopefully at least uh have an impact on those that I talk to in a positive way.
0: who around you in your life, Brendan, helped you become this person that you are
1: um I would have to say uh my mom especially my mom has been a person that has always um put other people first been very generous and stuff like that, and I learned a lot from her growing up um and i i'll, I'll also just the the i guess i'll say like the understanding and like lessons I've learned from my coaches over the years. I mean, nobody's going to see eye to eye with every coach. Um, and some of the closest coaches that I've had have been the ones that I've butt heads with, uh, the most, but being able to like, Put the ego aside and be able to like learn from all the experiences you go through, even if they're good or bad um, that's just kind of what's helped me get to this like mindset to where I try not to get too high, I try not to get too low. I just kind of go about my day and and try and mind my own business and uh, and and just help people along the way
0: uh so you mentioned Brendan that you have other uh, passions outside of baseball. Mm-hmm. One of those, is, I know you do a podcast. Can you tell me yep. a little bit about that? So you actually teased that podcast when I talked to you in May. <laughs> I don't think it was uh, launched yet, but it's, it's awesome. If you haven't checked it out right now, it's the church and culture
1: podcast, right? Uh, culture church podcast. Culture, culture church, church. Sorry. Sorry. Culture All church good. podcast. Go check it out. So yeah. how did you start that? So it's interesting that you say that we had just talked, uh, right when I was, because it was right when I was coming up with the idea of it. But, um, so I have two of my best friends, uh, Adam Holland and Denari Beard. Love those guys. We've been to get, we've been friends for over 10 years now, ever since high school. Um, and, uh, Adam, my, my, my friend, his dad is the pastor at our church. And every time I go to church, I say, um, damn, Adam, it, your dad said something that I needed to hear today. And coming from a perspective of someone who wants to leave an impact on others in, uh, in any way, um, I knew I wanted to do a podcast, but the tough part was finding that niche. What's the niche that's going to have people come back? Like, And uh, I felt that that niche was the idea of just always having something to say that somebody will take from that episode and be like, I needed to hear that today. So that's where we started. So it's, we have had like basically the we talk about like thing, our passions, all that stuff, like sports, music, all the stuff, things that pertain to the culture. But the church part comes in when we are able to preach to that theme if that makes sense. So like the whole idea is like, like, granted, like the church part may like kind of confuse people a little bit. But the whole point of it is for people to come in and us to entertain them with what we like to talk about, hopefully what they like to hear what they like to talk about in their lives as well. But the overall idea is that when you come out of that episode, you hear something that kind of changes your perspective on life a little bit motivates you a little bit in a different way.
0: So I'm super interested in like the setup that you guys have going for this podcast. It looks incredible. Who, who's, how did you guys make this like studio and how you guys produce your clips and stuff? It all looks great. So good job so far for sure. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And um, it's interesting you say that cause we're in a little bit of a change right now with me leaving for season. So mm-hmm. um, we got hooked up with this company called USA LA um, with my buddy, Oliver, who did had done a podcast before we saw his, we knew he's in the same area, asked them about it and they set us up. They did a great job, uh, great production And uh, we worked with them for the first eight episodes. And uh, yeah, it was great. It really took off well, especially from us building it like from the ground up with like nothing to work with yet. Um, But now, uh, because we are switching over to the fact that I'll be away, we're going to do um, a little bit. uh, We're going to do a little bit different. Um, We're trying to figure out the parameters of how to keep that production value up. Right now, Mm -hmm. like to be perfectly honest with you, I was on a couple calls of like how we can keep that production value with us being in different places. Um, So it's definitely going to be a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a task at hand, but uh, it's nothing that we can't deal with, you know.
0: What what does it look like with you being down uh, in Florida? Like how are you guys trying to think about how to keep that production quality?
1: Yeah, the idea that we might run with is uh to use iPhones. Um we're going to mm-hmm. well, like possibly set it up on a tripod um in like the 4K like 26 pixels or whatever it is. Um mm-hmm. and have that be the camera. And uh, granted it's not it might not be as clear as like the the same cameras that we were using, um, in the studio. However, it definitely could be, um, it, uh, it's kind of like a way of us looking at it. Like, look, it could be a lot worse. We could, ju- we, we, we could be like, uh, like we have a lot of, um, things at like our fingertips that are still very beneficial to the production of this. And granted, it may not be the same, but that's what life's about. You know, you got to stay on your toes. There's going to be things that come in like me leaving that we have to kind of like switch it up a little bit. But at the same time, we we know that what we have is special and uh, we're just looking to keep uh, the production, keep the content uh, to the level that we have kind of like made for ourselves. Do you guys have episodes – sorry, I'm just
0: super interested in how you guys put put out all of this stuff. Do you guys have episodes like in the queue or are you kind of going on a week-to-week basis until you build up that queue? How is it going?
1: We go on a week-to-week basis. So uh, basically the whole idea is that we find either um, if we're going to have a guest on or or we're going to do it, the three of us. um, And we figure that out first and then second we – Do like kind of fill in the blanks what's the theme of that week gonna be what are we gonna talk about with either that guest or without create a script and stuff like that and granted it's not a scripted pod but Mm -hmm. it is kind of like we have certain topics up there that we will yeah to keep us on track and stuff like that so then we build that script and then we kind of organize to like the schedules because all of us are really busy so we organize when we can get together how we can set it up and all that and then after that we just roll with it and uh it's really nice because of the fact that all of us are so close there's no pressure and often we just go in there and we have a good time
0: so when do you officially leave for spring training
1: i'll be heading i'll be leaving to head down february 16th
0: february 16th okay so a couple more weeks you're up here yep and so you train... we'll
1: probably do uh, one more episode uh, with me, like here, and then mm-hmm. that's when we're going to start like the remote process. Got it,
0: got it. So, and you train? Did I see correctly? You train somewhere in New Jersey?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right over the bridge in Cherry Hill. It's a place called Alpha Athletics. Some other pro guys come in there. It's it, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it.
0: How long have you been uh, working out with them?
1: Uh, two years now.
0: Nice, nice, very nice.
1: So, Brendan,
0: you've been through. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dave Dombrowski was the chief baseball officer when you were drafted, right? I believe so. Yes. Okay. And then I think it was fired shortly after that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've been through now three different uh, CBOs in the Red Sox system, Dombrowski, Mm -hmm. Bloom, Breslow. You only have a little taste of Breslow so far, but over the course of your career so far, what differences have you seen, if any, every time there's a change at the helm?
1: I think it comes down to the advancements in what is uh what is going well for like um especially like for like in my experience at least coming through the minors and stuff like that it's what is like kind of trending in player development so mm-hmm. i've noticed that during like the time that uh, breslow has like been, uh, been in here so far we've done a lot more of um, understanding that we don't have to come into spring training uh, and feel like we're in midseason form. We don't have to come into spring training and feel like we're trying to make a team or nothing like that. Um, we're coming in to continue the development that we've been making on the off-season, which I'm very excited about and I really like. Um, at the same time, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't have uh like i guess like uh well they were always respectful to me they were always say hi to me but i don't have a uh strong understanding of because my whole journey has just been making it like from level to level i haven't honestly taken a deep pick look at like the whole process of it of the changes but what from what i can tell is all first of all Thankful for Heim Bloom. I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I think we have a lot of very good prospects, a really good system to run with. Um, But I do uh, also enjoy the trends that we're making now um, to this new kind of idea of what it's going to be like when we come into spring training. So, I mean, in my experience, just with the Red Sox organization in general, has been nothing but positive. Um, I hope from what I was able to provide, I give you a good answer. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. So Brendan, when you're throwing your bullpens, doing your off season training, mm-hmm. are you like a super analytical guy? Like, are you looking at your numbers after every pitch or are you kind of a little more hands off when it comes to the data? You just want to go out there and shove.
1: I think it comes down to uh like what, what I'm looking at for that specific pitch. So if i th- if i feel something like i throw a slider that i was that i was like oh that felt really good out of the hand let me see what that looks like on here oh that's a, like that that's a that's a great pitch let me try and repeat that again and see like if that feeling i can repeat it um i mean i'm not looking at, i'm not sitting there looking at the screen the whole time wondering if i'm like sitting 93 or if I... Yeah. The fastball's got enough vert, but I do take the analytics very seriously because that's a big part of my game. I'm a, I'm a like mostly like a two, maybe three pitch guy, depending on the outing, like fastball, mm-hmm. cutter, slider, and the analytics play a big role into that because of the fact that my fastball rides and my slider kind of falls off the table. So I need those two to work well together in order to have that success on the field.
0: What have you been doing this off season to prepare for 2024 last year? You got your first like full season taste in double a Portland. Um, how did you feel about the season you had and follow up question? What have you done this off season to prepare for this? Uh, yeah, upcoming no, absolutely.
1: Season? And I'll go. That's a great question. And I'll go off of it. Just kind of giving you a little summary of my season last year. Mm-hmm. So my season last year, I came into spring training. Had a very good spring training. Was able to pitch in some big league games. It was awesome. Threw a lot. Was like was backing up big league games almost every day. And the kind of the immaturity in me, the idea that I need to be like one hundred percent, like perfectly ready if I get into this big league game, it kind of caused me to really like wear my body out at an early time, which is uh, like going back kind of glad why we have this new perspective going into spring training. So I wore my body out a lot. And then we go up to uh, Portland, it's cold. And my arm just starts not feeling too good getting some dead arm. I think it was some tricep tendonitis. But the thing was, I started struggling. And then I was trying to dig my uh, like, uh, as I was trying to get myself out of it, I was digging myself a bigger hole because I wasn't who I was out there. I'm not wasn't at 100%. And I was getting rocked over and over again. And they put me on the dead list for a little bit, which was frustrating at the time, but it was exactly what I needed. And that's what Abe's told me. I love Abe's because he came up and he's like, look, I know you're not going to be happy about this, but this is what we think is best for you. And it was. I went on the dead list, let my arm recover a little bit, refined my mechanics, and came out and shoved the rest of the year, which was fantastic. And, um, the part that I loved about me shoving was, uh, this past year was because it wasn't like, I just felt good again. Um, and like things went my way. It was that I really had to work on my mental game a lot and being able to individualize each pitch, which is something that helped me. And if I'm able to individualize each pitch, not enough care or pressure or emotion will ever go into that one pitch. Mm -hmm. And. When I'm able to do that and just kind of think, look, it's just one pitch. If I execute it, great. If I don't, oh, well. That's what really helped me find that consistent success. So going into this offseason, the way I looked at it was like, look, they want me to work on maybe getting my velo up a little bit, work on my command. Those are the things that I need to work on. And obviously, I've been working on them like as hard as I could. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the way I look at this next season is not like I have to do anything more than I did last year. I know what I need to do and I know like how to get to the bigs and what I need to do to be successful. It's just about execution. Now it's about me going into this season and not like being that immature guy to where I feel like I have to prove something at spring training, or I feel like I have to prove something the first opening day. It's that I need to be able to understand that this is a long season. There's going to be opportunities if I'm consistently successful it's just about executing,
0: so let me ask you this. You mentioned how you uh, like the first half in Portland last year you got knocked around before you sure. went on the d l knowing that you're not like fully one hundred percent and still getting thrown out there how what kind of mentality do you have when you take the mound
1: it's honestly it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a good mentality and it wasn't a healthy mentality. It was more the sense that. Like in perfect honesty with you, it was more of the sense that I would go out there and be like, "My ERA is astronomical right now. I need to get it down. I need to." And that's just so unhealthy from a pitcher because not only am I not am I am I not going out there and like at a hundred percent, I'm also not helping the team win whatsoever. And I'm 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 perfectly fine with admitting that that was that was very immature of me and essentially a little selfish of me because I'm not bringing my best self out there for the team. And at the end of the day, like I can't change that, but I can grow from it. And I can understand that moving forward, I need to be a little more mature when it comes to me not being 100 percent coming out there.
0: So you are incredibly – you seem incredibly in tune with yourself every single time I've talked to you. I think I've mentioned something like that. Yeah. What kind of work, if any, you do? I remember last time we spoke, you told me that you journaled every day. What other Mm -hmm. kind of work do you do, Brendan, to like be able to be this person and be so in tune with yourself and so like open to others?
1: Um. I mean, i I meditate and I think honestly, it's just kind of like the practice of day to day life. Like the one thing I pride myself on is I'm not going to be different to, uh, Breslow or than I would with you. I'm not going to be different to one of my teammates than I would with like a friend from back home. I'm not going to be different to the richest man in the world than the person that's sitting on the street asking me for money. I, I it's something that I've learned over the years is like, there's this, there's this great rap line from, um, this one rapper that I like a lot where it's like everybody, uh, mama always said, treat a janitor like a boss. Cause everybody take plays a role in not you not taking a loss. It's like something mm-hmm. similar to that. I'm not a rapper, but it's like, it speaks to me because it's like at the end of the day, everybody has their own journey and stuff like that. But You can't value someone else more than like another uh, or treat someone else more uh, like better than another just because of their title or how they behave or what they've given you. Like I just always try and treat everybody the same and um, I I just try and always be me. But mm-hmm. like to answer your question, I, I do I, I do journal still. I uh, I meditate sometimes. I talk to God a lot. Not to make it like all all about religion. Whatever no. anybody wants to do, they can do. But yeah, I think um, being able to be comfortable with yourself um, and be your most genuine self is the first step. Brendan, so you
0: me- Do you know? Do you remember whose uh, song that was that you just uh, gave me lyrics from?
1: It was uh, Simba.
0: Simba, okay. Simba, okay. Now I have a couple things. Can you give me your top three rappers? Meek Mill not included because I know you're a Philly guy.
1: (laughs) All right. So right now or all time?
0: Um, we'll do right now.
1: Right now. Right now. Gun is number one. I love Gunna. Gunna. Okay. Yeah, he's he's killing it right now. He's been great. I mean, there's a lot of songs that I find on SoundCloud too that are just heaters. Um, I love him. I'll say my number two. Um, just from a biased opinion, uh, I love Bryson Tiller. Bryson Tiller. is okay. uh, Like his R, like it's a R and B type rap. Um, I love him though. Like, just like anytime his music's on, I feel very calm. I feel like it's smooth. It's nice. And then third is my goat, uh Drake. Drake's just Drake, Drake's like up here for me. Drake's like the LeBron James of rappers for me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: What did you think of his last album?:
1: I thought it was really good. I thought um I think the interesting thing about Drake is that he evolves uh with like the youth. So obviously, like, I think he's come to realize over like his long standing like career is that the youth is probably like anybody from like probably like 12 to like 25 probably makes up the large, a large part of his uh, audience. So he needs to know what like is with the youth and the, and music like evolves just like everything else so sometimes his music has to evolve the sound of it the tempo of it the rhythm and some people don't like that so i understand that some people didn't like his past album just because it was a little different and stuff like that but i mean i think anything he puts out is is always gonna have some some great ones
0: i agree with that have you ever seen him live
1: Yes, I went and saw How so, <laughs> was that experience? Was, oh my gosh, dude, we were in uh where were we? Uh, I think we were facing the Orioles and we had an off day and he was performing in Philly. And me, oh. Phil uh Philly Sykes, uh Chris Troy, Chase Mydcroft, and Marcelo, We all took the day off, took a train up back up here to Philly, and we went and saw him at the Wells Fargo Center and it was just and the and the craziest part too is I had different seats than them and Drake came out on the in like the aisle of like where my seats were. And I had this Ooh. I'll send it to you. If you can like edit it in or whatever, but I have this video of like five feet from drake and like i honestly like it didn't seem real like he doesn't seem real to me he's one like i i don't really get starstruck or anything like that especially with athletes because like i know but like right. with drake it was ju- it's just another level it's just like you don't seem human right that's crazy um my sister saw him at td garden in
0: boston a couple of years ago and said it was the yeah. best concert she's ever been to so awesome. he's definitely on my bucket list but i'm glad you brought up rap simply because right before we hopped on here i don't know if you saw me post it yet but um you can go look at my instagram story afterwards yeah. i you know eminem obviously mm-hmm. um do you know his song stan yeah yeah oh
1: that's a beautiful so, song
0: right so i just wrote a parody to that song based on John Henry and the Red Sox off season <laughs> this year. So it's all up on my story. If you want to go check it out. I just, honestly, I thought it was super funny. It came out way yeah. better than I thought. I'm not singing it. It's just the lyrics to it. I'm not, not I get, you to. said you're yeah, not a rapper, am I, but I just <laughs> thought it was funny. Um, yeah, man. Well, dude, this was absolutely fantastic. It was great to mm-hmm. talk to you again. Um, definitely looking forward to pro- reconnecting at some point this season. Um, whether you're in Portland or Worcester or t- hopefully Boston let's uh, fingers crossed, man. Um, yeah. But best of luck with the rest of your off season. We'll be checking in uh, during spring training and throughout the season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. And I'm, I, I, I love that we were able to talk a little bit about like the mindset and stuff like that. Like, Oh, time that I feel like I'm on a, um, some sort of a platform, because obviously there will be people listening to this and stuff like that. I think it's important for me to try and do what I can to uh, help those listening. So for anybody listening, like just understand that it's your life. You uh, there, There's going to be battles and stuff like that that you face. No matter if you're a professional baseball player, if you're working a 9-to-5, no matter what it is. like Everybody has their issues. But as long as you uh, focus on being your most genuine self every day, it's day, uh, it, it, it'll be all right
0: thought I was talking to Brendan Salucci, not Tony Robbins. Oh my God, I got goosebumps <laughs> over here. Man, I appreciate it and we will talk soon. I appreciate you, man.